Welcome to the Wet Podcast, episode number 30. Today on the Writing Education and Technology podcast, I have Jenny Bravo with me. Uh, Jenny's about to publish her first self-published book uh, in May, and she's been chronicling her journey of finding cover designers and editors and the whole process of publishing a book on her blog at blotsandplots.com. I highly recommend you go there and uh, listen to this great interview. Uh, my name is Eric Marshall. I'm your host. You can find me on Twitter at eMarsh. You can find this podcast on Twitter at wetpodcast. And you can find show notes for this episode at ericmarshall.net slash wet. That's Eric with a K, Marshall with two L's, dot net slash W-E-T. And there you'll find uh, links to everything we talk about and uh, a summary of the interview itself. And so enjoy this uh, wonderful interview with Jenny Bravo. Thanks. Okay. So I have with me uh, Jenny Bravo. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to to talk to you. I I, I learned about you from... um, Ashley Carlson again um, from, from episode nine. Uh, she was on episode nine of this podcast, and I uh, we were chatting on Twitter at some point, and I said, "Hey, who should I interview next?" And she gave me she gave me your name. She gave me a couple of names, um, and and and, he, and months later, here you are because I finally got around to getting my stuff together yeah. and, and asking you. Awesome. Yeah. Totally. So hi, Ashley, again. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, so tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Um, OK, so I'm a I'm a writer like Ashley is. I'm going to be a soon to be self-published writer um, come May. So. Um, so, yeah, so I I, I do write um, primarily it's contemporary fiction and um this book is for either uh, the new adult age and young adult age. And um, that's what the age range I really like to stick to. So I do that. And then I run a, a uh, that's pretty much my main, my main uh, areas of expertise, quote unquote. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and I had a little connection problem there while you were talking, but you said blots and plots, right? Blots, yes, plots blots and plots. Yep. Yes. Which I will uh, link to in the show notes. Uh, people can find that at ericmarshall.net slash wet. And this will be episode 30. So I'll put all the links, everything we talk about, I'll put in uh, the show notes for people. Perfect. So that's that's awesome. I always like talking to people who are uh, early in their careers, especially with self-publishing, because it's um, for a lot of people, it's a it's a journey, no doubt, you know, no matter what stage you're at. But it's fun because there's a certain amount of energy and um, and you're doing a great thing where you're sharing what you're learning as you go. It seems like on your blog. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I, I've really found I kind of got um some inspiration from, I'm going to butcher her name, but, uh, Ksenia Ansky, I believe is how you say it. Um, she's, she kind of did that sort, that same sort of thing where she just detailed pretty much all knowledge of what she knows about self-publishing. And that's how I found out about self-publishing. And I basically was just sitting there like binge reading all of her blog posts. Like this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard of in my life. And so (laughs) I really wanted to kind of capture that when I started writing. And I know how helpful that is just to have someone that, you know, has gone through it and coming from just a very personal like perspective of, Hey, here's what I know. Here's what I've done. Like, if you have questions, let me know. And I'll tell you even more than I already have said. So I think it's really cool, a really cool way to connect with people and just be honest about the process, which can be really overwhelming, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. When you read her uh, blog post, had you already been writing? 
I had been. I actually, um, I graduated from Louisiana State U- University with um, a Bachelor of Arts in English. So I kind of started working on a novel right out of college. And I had this idea. It was, um, it's kind of a, it's a fantasy young adult novel. So I had written probably the first draft of that, but I just couldn't really like make it work the way that I wanted to. And there were just so many things going on with it. And um, so finally I was like, I need to go back and just write what I know. So I wrote this story about like, you know, it's based in like the hometown that I actually grew up in and just like, so something like that, like very personal. So I understood it more and that just worked out so much better. And so I got to, you know, I wrote it and then publishing it all within a year. Um, so, yeah, so I had already started writing that. And once I started, I found her and I was like, I think I'm going to self-publish my book now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was really an exciting kind of decision. And from there, it's just been amazing. Yeah. Okay. So you, you were, uh, you were already writing and then you decided, Oh, cause I, you were basically looking around. It sounds like for what to do with this thing I've written. Right. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And you happen upon the world of self-publishing, which is, um, you know, kind of where a lot of writers are going now. Right. So that's, um, yeah. and that's, that's the journey you're on and your book comes out in May. Yes, it comes out in on May 26th. So I'm so excited to finally just kind of like, launch it into the world <laughs> and it'll be yeah. hopefully much quicker like the second time around i like i know like ashley ashley published hers in like six months but mine's taken a year just um because i have i have a full-time job and i just wanted to like for me i'm very like i like to understand the whole background of everything too so i did like i really spent a lot of time like researching and just figuring out the whole process and just, you know, um, kind of sitting, like sitting with the book and making sure, you know, reading it over and over and over again, making sure it was exactly how I wanted it to be. And so I think, I think definitely for the first go around, I'm really glad that I took that amount of time to just, you know, fully understand. And from here on out, like, I know like the perfect editor that I loved that I worked with, like Tanya Gold is amazing so like i have her and i have this publishing team that i've built from here so that whole part of it will go a lot faster from now on yeah once you get the processes in in place uh you know I, I hear this a lot about building teams and it's something that i think you do even without even thinking oh hey i'm building a team it's it right you you have an editor you have a cover designer and you have these people and you're you'll probably work with them again and now you've got a process you've got a relationship with them and mm-hmm. that part of it will probably go like you said more quickly and, and be more streamlined with the with the next books oh yeah definitely and then yeah it's kind of one of those things i think you just have to get a sense of like i mean cuz i remember like sitting there reading uh Ksenia's posts and being like okay well she says to do this and then to the, do this and do this. But like, you almost don't really fully understand it until you're going through it. Like, okay, this can actually take this long and this can take this long. And um, even like reading all about self-publishing and reading everything about it, I still was not prepared. Like once I finished editing it myself and like, I was still just like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Like I have to send this off and I have to get this ready and I have to do this. And there's still so much I'm learning now that is just, I mean, it's incredible. It's so cool. <laughs> it is so cool. Uh, how did you find your editor? Um, it's actually, I found pretty much my, well, I found my editor and my book cover designer, both through Pinterest of all places. Um, really? There's a site called um, for, for when I found my editor, there's a site called uh, freelancers union and I found that through Pinterest and her profile was on there. And so I just, from there, I sent her like an email and I was like, Hey, I'm interested in working with you. And I talked to a couple of different editors and I wound up, uh, Tanya called me and she was like, okay, I don't know. Like she was like, I found your blog and I've been reading all of your posts and I just really want you to pick me because I absolutely love your story. And I just like, please pick me. And we just had this like instant connection that like, I mean, her credentials of course are like incredible. So of course that made me instantly like look at her like, yeah, this is awesome. But then when I got her on the phone and we were talking and our personalities were kind of aligned and everything just fell in place. And I was like, this is it. This is going to be, you know, the game changer right here. (laughs) And it was, it was amazing. 
That's that's really wonderful. I I'm in the editing, trying to find an editor, editing my own stuff kind wow. of moment right now, and <laughs> I dread the whole process because I don't like. It sounds like a matchmaking thing almost, like you said, yes. right? Where you want to fit with the person, I guess, right, and have someone who's yeah, right always. for for your project. Oh yeah, because it's huge. It's a because it's not like I mean, you want somebody that's not only going to be because. The whole reason, especially that I went into self-publishing was I I hated the idea. I was very afraid of, with traditional publishing, I was very afraid of the possibility of giving my book over. And then I was not going to have any control over who I worked with, over what the the cover was going to look like, over even the name of my book. And that scared me. I was not ready for that. And I did not want that. So... I knew when I was like, okay, I'm going to self-publish. I wanted to have, I was like, I'm going to pick my own team and I want them to be perfect. And I want to have this, like, I don't want them to just be people that are like checking me off their list of like things they have to do today. I want them to be someone (laughs) that's actually going to be excited. And so when I found Tanya, it was like absolutely perfect. Like not only was she just like, you know, this amazing editor, but she was so excited to actually edit my book. And she was like, emailing me and like, you know, we would talk and like, you know, all these things. And she was just like, this is the best fit. Like, I'm so excited. And now we have other things like, you know, I'm going to help her with, you know, some, uh, I'm going to like, um, judge a contest for her, like a writing contest that she's putting on. And she has a friend that's going to bring my books to a conference up in new England. So it's just like this not only amazing like you know editor writer connection but now we have an amazing amazing uh friendship that we can kind of build on and it's just been it's a it's a great process but I definitely encourage you and everybody to just take the time to make sure hey this is not only a person that's going to edit my book well but it's going to be a person that is going to have a good relationship with me yeah, that's that's really good advice. Uh, I'll definitely mm-hmm. look for that as I go because it's you know on the one hand you're hiring someone for a service, but on the other hand it, it could be a long term. It should be hopefully a long term yeah. relationship. You know, and you want somebody who understands you and can work with you, and you know, and will. And it sounds like she's helping you in other ways, and you're helping her, and that's that's good too, yeah. right? Because I know a lot of people talk about trading services, um, things like that, yeah. um, and like you said, it's part of a team, and and everybody helps each other. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think that um, when it comes to self-publishing, I think the stigma of self-publishing is finally going away a little bit. But I still think there is a bit of um, attitude of, oh, well, you're just going to put whatever up there and it's all garbage or whatever. I think some people might still think that. But you know what you're saying, I think, is more the norm. It's people who are hiring professional cover designers, professional editors, right, and and doing the same thing a publishing house would do, but, but doing it yourself, paying for it yourself in order to keep that control. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that's really, if you're going to self-publish, you pretty much have to do that if you want any credibility at all, because there is still that underlying stigma of, okay, well, is this like really a book? Because like, it's not, you know, it's not in a bookstore necessarily the way other books are. So there's definitely that factor and you want to make sure like you want to give yourself the best advantage with self-publishing that you possibly can. So for me, I was like, I know I'm going to get, I'm going to get a great editor. I'm going to get a great proofreader. I'm going to get, and for me also the cover design was really important. I know a lot of people don't put necessarily as much emphasis on the actual cover as they do the text and I, for me, I was like, I want a very professional looking cover. I had a very, you know, um, specific idea I had in mind about kind of what I wanted. I knew I knew I wanted like an illustration and not not just a stock image. I didn't want someone to put that was another thing about like traditional publishing because my story is pretty is a romance. And I didn't want somebody to put like just a picture of a guy and girl, like, you know, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> like I didn't want that on the cover. I was like, no, it's not like, you know, it's not, and it's not like the typical like romance, not romance genre, more like John Green, like Rainbow Rowell sort. So I wanted something that kind of looked like that genre. And I think the cover worked perfectly in that regard. So yeah, you definitely want to get, 
you know, set yourself up for success in whatever way that you can. Yeah. You know, with the cover, it's the first thing people see. It's what makes people decide whether or not to buy. And then you you have to have a good product. And that sounds like it's what you work towards, you know, because if you don't have a, a good product, a, a, a well-told story that, that people want to read, then everything else you do is for, is for naught. There's no reason to do it at all because, oh, yeah. you know, you won't get good reviews. You won't get word of mouth. People won't read the rest of your stuff. So, oh, so it's exactly. in your best interest to do that. Right. You know? So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's a good approach. He said it's, um, so it's fantasy young adult. No, that was the original, the original. Oh, I'm sorry. That I had was, yes, this is a, this is sort of a contemporary romance. Okay. Um, and it's told in a dual timeline and the original, the present day is told as like from the perspective of um, a 24 year old girl. Um, and then she kind of has these flashback moments to high school age. So it kind of is, it's cool in that way because it can capture readers from the young adult age all the way up to the new adult age and beyond if, you know, anybody can read it pretty much. So it's been, it's been really interesting okay. and, um, the dual timeline was definitely an interesting thing to tackle, especially for the first book, because um, it can be it's basically telling two narratives and then yeah. um, trying to make it into one book, which is a challenge, but also really, really awesome. And I think it came out really well. OK, so that's a romance. So you had the what did you do with the original with the fantasy uh, fantasy young adult? Yeah, that's kind of still hanging in the in the balance there. I'm thinking about tackling it later on if I have a um a time where it's like oh I think I want to go back to this but for now it's just kind of sitting on the back burner oh okay okay because that sounds interesting too (laughs) they both sound interesting very different genres though which is which I think is good some people recommend writing in the same genre over and over um or using pen names for different genres I know a lot of people do that you know because if you have a romance and you have a fantasy young adult like those are going to be different audiences probably would you right. do you think and maybe i'm jumping the gun here but do you think you'd publish those under the same name or would you develop a pen you name know, that's a good question and i had i've kind of like looked into the, i've thought about that a little bit and you know for me i feel like if if somebody i don't know it's kind of hard because for me i feel like if somebody likes the way that i write they're going to like what i'm writing so yeah. if i were to publish that book i think it's going to be a lot of the same, like my stylistic choices are going to be the same. The way I write isn't changing. So if you like the way I write in, you know, in my, you know, contemporary romance, you're going to like the way I write in my young adult fiction. So you're, I I think that I would write in the same name because I, I don't think even though the genre is changing, my voice is not changing. So I would stay the same, I believe. I've been yeah. going back and forth on this. And this is this has been a point of contention for me because it's kind of conventional wisdom to do pen names for different genres. And, right. you know, so as not to confuse readers. But I, I think we should give our readers a little bit of credit. You know, yeah. if 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 you have a, a reader that like, say, this romance turns into a series and then you decide to do a fantasy series people will know just from the covers that it's a fantasy series and they might jump over and they might not, but they're not going to go, Oh no, I'm confused. I don't know what to read. Right. Right. That's, that's my take on it. Unless you're doing, I guess, unless you're doing like children's stuff and erotica, for example, like if you're doing like erotica and children's stuff, like, (laughs) yeah, you're going to want to probably separate those out a little bit, you know, or if there's a, you know, a situation. I know some people do it because they do rate a little bit stuff that's a little bit racier and stuff that's a little tamer. And I can see that too, maybe. But beyond that, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been struggling with this myself is why I'm asking you that. It just seems like that's that's a good question. And I honestly, I think it's a matter of trusting, trusting your readers and trusting that they trust you because Mm-hmm. I think like for me, I'm going to make decisions on what I'm writing for a number of reasons. I'm going to decide what I want to write and then I'm going to decide, okay, is this readable? Like, are people going to actually want to read this? And I mean, it's different because this is my first book. And so I could literally write whatever I wanted and do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. But now after this comes out, I have a sort of like, you know, expectation that I have to meet, which I know a lot of writers kind of struggle with that idea 
But I think honestly, you know, if you like, and especially from my experience with interacting with a lot of, I've built a pretty good, a pretty good and big tribe on, on Twitter and on my blog and, you know, understanding who they are and understanding that like, they're going to trust what I do and that I have a reason for it. I think it works out in the end, as long as you eventually return to your roots. Like I'm not going to like, like I wouldn't advise being, I wouldn't advise saying like start out in contemporary romance. And then when you write one book of that, then just take your whole career in the direction of fantasy. (laughs) Anything else with that. it's, It's kind of like you have to play it book by book, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think you can trust readers to know. And like you said, you already have a tribe built up, a huge tribe on Twitter and whatnot and and, and all that. You know, for me, the only thing I might consider is um, like I use my name for nonfiction because I do have an audience and and, and kind of tribe there, but maybe use my initials for fiction so people – you know, it's like E.W. Marshall could be fiction. Eric Marshall could be nonfiction just to separate it that way. But it's not really a pen name, you know, that's, um, you know, and then E.W. is a little more gender neutral, which I I don't know how important that is. I I tend to overthink things. (laughs) Is that your real name, Jenny Bravo? It is. It is. That's that's such an awesome name. Like I wouldn't, if I had your name, I wouldn't use a pen name because you have a great name. (laughs) It's not like a, yeah, like, a, yeah. like a superhero, right? I'm sure you've been told that before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is my real name. Yeah, I know. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to ask you that before we started recording, but, <laughs> but uh, that's that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so you're, uh, on your blog, I really like how you're, you, you, um, you, you chronicle a lot of kind of what you're going through in terms of um, what you're learning and stuff, but you also have pieces of fiction. Um, I read a chapter earlier from, I don't have it in front of me now, but I read a chapter from, um, is it called These Are the Moments? Oh, though, yeah, I have, my book is These Are the Moments, and then I've been serializing um, a prequel called uh, Those Were the Days. So You're serializing that both on Wattpad and your site? Yes, I am, I am. Because I know What's, I have a couple of people that are really like Wattpad specific that really like love it on there. So uh, I, so I've been like really putting it on there, and more people have been kind of looking on Wattpad. I'm not incredibly active on the community of Wattpad, which mm-hmm. I think is a great opportunity for people, but um, I haven't been just act super active on it. More just kind of posting it on there and seeing what happens. But it's yeah. it's a really good resource. It's really awesome. Have you found that so without being um, so for people who don't know, Wattpad is this kind of it's a social media site where you where people serialize um, put serialized fiction and nonfiction on there. Uh, I think a lot of people think it's geared towards young adult, but I think there's stuff all over the map. Um, I've, oh, dis- yeah. I've discovered it's not it's definitely not just. Um, um, young adult by any stretch of the imagination and people will post chapter by chapter and then other people can comment, vote on chapters and interact with the author in, in various ways. So it's, it's like a publishing platform and it's like a social media platform at the same time. And you said that you've been posting yourself without really getting too involved in the social media aspect of it. Right. I'm doing the same thing with a novel right now, but I haven't, I, I the only I have only people I've told about it are people on this podcast and it was only one episode. So I haven't linked to it. I haven't done anything with it just to see what happens. If I just put something in the Wattpad ecosystem and I've just told people kind of word of mouth and I'm getting basically almost no readers whatsoever. I also stopped publishing. I haven't been as regular as I should. So it's, this is all, this is all user error on my part, but have you found that you found a good readership just by posting and not, engaging on the social Um, stuff or you know i really think for wattpad a lot of it is the actual conversation and the getting involved in the community of it so i haven't i'm sure if i did um if i did that i would get a whole lot more than what i have right now so i'd say it's a pretty good following but pretty basic right now nothing like you know earth shattering but um but for me it's kind of like i have to with all the social media I'm on, I have to like give preference and like keep and pick and choose which ones I want to devote a lot of time to. So that one just doesn't happen to be one that I hugely 
am super involved with because I don't really plan on publishing a full book on there or serializing a full book on Wattpad. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I haven't been um, incredibly like devoted to it. Yeah. And I think that's good advice for no matter what you're doing is, you know, you can't, you can't be on all social media and give a full, um, give it your full attention. You know, I think people try oh, to do yeah. that and you get pretty scattered. I, I, I think it's impossible or nearly impossible. Um, and everyone has certain preferences. My preference is Twitter. I love Twitter and I I like Google plus a lot. Um, but like for this podcast, I have a Facebook presence and a Twitter presence and a Google. And it's just a pain just to even, (laughs) even post episodes. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I got to post this on Facebook. You know, some of it's automated, but, but you're right. Like if you, if you decided to spend the time on Wattpad, you would be, you'd have to be taking away time from Twitter or from writing. Right. Probably. Right. Oh yeah. 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 It is. We have so much limited time as it is. And Mm -hmm. again, I work a full-time job. So I have to like, all of my time is like very precious and I have to really just, you know, if I have to like sit there and think, okay, is this going to, how is this going to benefit me? How is this going to benefit my readers? How am I going to make more connections? And for me, that has been Twitter. Twitter has been like my biggest place. Like that's where I've made all of my serious like connections. Like I have a really good friend base now that I've made through Twitter. Like I'm friends with Ashley and I'm friends with uh, Marissa Fuller and all these people, uh, Christina better novel project, all these people that have become not only just like amazing, like resources for me to look at them and be like, okay, they're, they're posting all of this great stuff, but they're, they become friends and I can like reach out to them. And I know that, I mean, I, that they'll answer me and it's, it's awesome. So that's been like, Twitter has been the most important place for me. And then like, of course, like my blog and like putting my attention there and, um, and then Pinterest too has actually been really, I didn't realize how big Pinterest was going to be for my site um, because I didn't, I didn't think it would cause I don't have a food blogger. I don't have a you know, <laughs> right. blogger, not, like not something that I expected would be bringing all of this traffic, but that's, that's pretty much my number one as far as traffic wise. Yeah. I, that, that surprises me as well. And I've, I've had a similar experience with Pinterest. Um, now, as far as I'm going to back up a tiny bit, um, I found you on Twitter through Ashley, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I found Ashley on Twitter through Christine of Frazier of the better novel project. Um, because how, how did it work? Um, Ashley had tweeted something to Christine about, um, NaNoWriMo national novel writing month. Right. And Christine retweeted it. I follow Christine. Christine retweeted it. So I reached out to Ashley to be on the podcast because I was looking for people who had uh, completed NaNoWriMo. Yeah. So I interviewed Ashley in episode nine, and then I interviewed Christine in episode 17. And then Ashley then recommended you see, I mean, see how it works. Like it's just all this big network. Right. Uh, And a lot of it's through Twitter. Yes. Yeah. I have, um, I have a blog that I've had for six or seven years and a lot of it is, um, is, uh, education related it's, it's film and education and things like that because that's kind of my thing right and i was just looking at it and i have one of those social share things like you do on your site i think it's probably the same one in fact and i was looking at it and i saw that i had a hundred shares on pinterest and it was and pinterest was on top far above anything else yeah on, on, a, on a particular post i should say on one particular post my, my, my most popular post and I was like, what? Pinterest? Like, I have Pinterest, but I don't really use it. Like you said, I'm not a food blog, you know? Yeah. And I looked, and, and people had been sharing this uh, post of mine, which is uh, about uh, how to defend your uh, doctoral dissertation, uh, which I did five years ago. And people were sharing it on Pinterest, which is funny because there's no image on the post. Huh. So so the image that was coming up in Pinterest was the was the uh, logo for this podcast, which just happened to be the first oh, cool. image that Pinterest grabbed. So I went yeah. back and I put an image on it. I put an image on the blog post. And then I started realizing, well, I should probably go back and put images on everything. And, and that's what I like about your – one of the things I like about your blog is that you have a nice image on every single post. Yeah, and it's usually like an illustration or just text on a cool background. It's it, and you have the same kind of color scheme more or less. A lot of pastels, mm-hmm. like it, you can tell it's you. 
and right. you have your blog on each image, which I think mm -hmm. is brilliant. And which is why you have, I'm looking at your site right now and you have, um, according to the, your social share thing, this is just people who press those buttons, you know, 3.7 K shares on Pinterest and then 115 on Twitter. Like Pinterest is yeah. three thirty. I, I can't even do that kind of math. It's like 30 <laughs> times what your Twitter is. And, and like you said, you didn't plan for that, right? Right. I know it's crazy. And Twitter, I mean, Twitter is a place where that's where you're going to make your friends. Like that is where you're going to meet people. And that's where you're going to find people that you really like. Yeah. And then Pinterest is the place where you're going to get traffic and where people are going to find you. And so that, I mean, that's been my experience. And that's when I, I talked to Christine, a lot of, of better novel project. And we were talking, we talk a lot about sort of craft and about like, okay, I'm, I'll like email her and be like, Hey, are you on Facebook? Like, and how is that working for you? And she's like, uh, Oh, it's like this. And she'll ask me like, tell me about Pinterest. And like, cause you have a lot of shares from there. And, you know, so we go back and forth and yeah. And Pinterest has really been this really huge kind of place for me that I didn't think would be a big deal, but it's a, yeah, it's a big deal. It's, it's pretty crazy. Amazing. Yes. So I, yeah, I've been thinking about how to, how to kind of maximize that. And, and part of it to me, I mean, I'm not going to go on Pinterest and start, like, I don't even, I don't, I don't get it, <laughs> you know, in a way, but if people are trying to, are trying to find me there, then that's fine. I'm totally cool with that. You know, it's yeah. just one of those weird things that just popped up. Um, and same with, same with Wattpad, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it doesn't hurt to put the stuff up there and maybe it will, people will find it or find a way to share it and, and things like mm -hmm. that. I think it's a matter of being findable uh, oh, to, yeah. a, to a large extent. Yeah. And you're doing yeah. a, a good job of that for sure. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, Christine's good too. You know, I've, I follow her on Instagram and um, she does some really, really interesting stuff on Instagram. A lot of drawings and illustrations and oh, things yeah. that, you know, kind of refer back to some other stuff that she's working on and to her blog and stuff. It's, oh, yeah. she's, uh, she's got that down, doesn't she? Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> well, yeah, I was joking with her because that's like, I mean, that's her like big thing has been, has been her doodles. And I just think I love them. And I just like, uh, one time it was like on Twitter, not that long ago. And I was joking with her and I said, Oh, I was like, Christine should make a, um, like doodles of all of our friends, like of all of our tribe. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like on it, like got it. And then like, she started with Marissa's and Marissa has one. And then she sent me mine and I was like, it's perfect. It looks just like me. She put, I always talk about how, um, when I'm writing, I call it my Tatum tent. Cause Tatum is, uh, my hashtag for my book. And so I, when I was like writing for hours and hours, I would call it my Tatum tent. And I was like, I'm writing in the Tatum tent again. I've been here for 14 hours. I'm not leaving anytime soon. And so she drew a picture of me in the tent and there's like confetti everywhere. Cause that's my other big thing is like, I'm always talking about confetti and I love it. And it's in the first chapter of my book. And so it was just like the perfect little doodle and it was so great. It, oh, it's so fun. So yeah, I'm hoping I'm looking forward to, she's actually doing, um, she has, I just gave her my advanced reader copy cause she's going to do a review. And, um, she said she's going to do a bunch of doodles on about the book. So I was like, I'm probably going to cry when I see them, but just know like, that's coming. So it's great. It's awesome. Oh, uh, that is so cool. Yeah. I wonder if she'll ever doodle me. I should, uh, get in better <laughs> with her, I guess. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want yeah. a doodle. Yeah, I, I know. Want, I want a Christy <laughs> Fraser doodle. It's confetti? Awesome. You like confetti? Yes, I love it. It is. And that's what actually, um, Marissa, uh, like the Raisin Bibliophile, um, she was, she was probably like my first Twitter friend. And so she's been literally with me from the book, like with the book from the very start of it. And, um, and so she sent me a, a care package when we were doing NaNoWriMo together and, uh, she sent me a care package and she sent me, um, like it was a tumbler full of little, like, uh, uh, out sayings and stuff like one for every day of NaNoWriMo. So I would read it. And then she sent me this, whatever it was, it was like in a brown bag and it was like, uh, um, it said on the top, it was like, not to be, not to be opened until the end of Tatum. So until like Tatum is all finished. So when I finally finished it, I videoed like myself opening it and it was just like this 
big like tub of confetti and I just like threw it in the air and it was like, Oh, oh my gosh. Cold. It was awesome. It was so That's, great. That is great. That's awesome. Uh, I should probably tell listeners that Tatum is T A T M. That's yeah. the hashtag, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So if, if people want to look for it, that's, that's where you'll find it. It's hashtag T A T M on, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's great. My mom is a thing. My mom loves confetti is why that struck me. And she's very often you'll go to her house and there's confetti everywhere for, you know, not randomly, but if something's going on, you know, so, so that's, that's hilarious. Uh, what's that? I said, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's something else. Um, so (laughs) this isn't about my mom. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess it could be if you want. Uh, so you work a full-time job. I do. I and um, what? how do you – I'm always fascinated, extremely fascinated and impressed with people who work full-time jobs and find time to write. You know, you were talking earlier about, oh, it took me a whole year to write the novel. You know, I'm not like Ashley. A year is actually pretty – it's not that long, really, yeah. especially when you're working a full-time job. You yeah. know? So how do, you, how do you do it? What's your, uh, what's your schedule? What's your process? Yeah, you know, I I wish I could tell you that I had this very regimented schedule and that I'm so great and I write a thousand words a day and I'm <laughs> so awesome, but that is not the case at all. Um, I actually did a lot of writing on the weekends. Was That was probably my like crunch time with writing because um, I moved to Houston. I'm from, I'm from Louisiana. And so um, I moved here and a lot of the times I like if I wouldn't have something necessarily to do on the weekends because I, I didn't really know too many people here. And instead of, you know, going out and actually finding people to be friends with, I was like, I'm going to go and write this book. And I knew I wanted to do it now. And like now was the perfect time for me. And so I would just make myself go like, I, I am a big believer in writing in coffee shops like that. I know that's like kind of the cliche, but for me, like I need to get out of, I cannot write in my apartment. Like I need to be out. I need to like, be sitting somewhere and know like, Hey, this is your writing time and you're going to write now. So, um, so a lot of it was on the weekends. Sometimes I would like, sometimes in the evenings I would write. But, um, when I first started writing, I wrote it all on, like I wrote my full first draft by hand. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I would write wherever I would take, I had, um, I had a notebook where I would write it, but then I would also just take loose leaf too. So if I was like, if I was at lunch or if I was, you know, wherever and wherever I could like find paper, I would just be writing a scene down. So, um, so that was really awesome actually, because that just like, I really encourage anybody to write, you know, the first draft on paper. Um, I'm going to do that with my next book. I'm starting to do that as well because it just unlocks your mind and it doesn't let you delete anything. Whereas if I'm looking on my computer screen and I can see what's like what I've just written and I'm going to probably go back and try to fix that before I write more. But if I'm sitting there and I'm looking like, first of all, my handwriting is like scribble scratch, so I can't even read half of it. So if I'm sitting there and, you know, writing it really fast, I'm not looking back. I'm not going to scratch things out. I'm just going to keep writing. So it helps you to trigger that free writing and you get so much done so much faster. Yeah, there's something to that, um, the, the feel of writing on paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something about the actual process that I think is different from typing on a keyboard. I'm a big okay. keyboard guy, but I've I've been writing uh, by hand, and my handwriting is awful. But and then I just edit as I'm typing it in. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that's an awesome for me that that process of converting it onto the computer actually gave me so many more ideas. Because as I was like reading it, I was like, oh this actually, like I would write down more ideas that I had. So that was kind of a crucial like step for me to convert it onto the computer because then I could look at it and I would say, like, I would look at it and I could see like, all right, that's where I was going with this, but I didn't really quite get there, but I need to do this in order to get all the way to where I want to get. So that was a really, I mean, that was a really awesome step. Yeah. It builds in editing almost. Oh yeah, right. definitely. And it yeah. kind of helps you, uh, trigger that editing mind. Uh, and then like, I still had more, I could still like free write more from there, but 
Mm-hmm. Like, and I could see where there were gaps and holes of things I needed to write more of like, and it, it, it was really awesome. I definitely yeah. encourage that. Yeah. I, I think handwriting stuff is, is a good idea. And there's no distraction. If you have like a notepad, I, I wrote on legal pad. There's no, um, there's no Facebook. There's no email coming in Twitter, you know, that a million, I don't know about you. I always have a million tabs open. If you have yep. a notepad in front of you, that's all you've got in front of you. There's nothing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and also there's something about the screen that can just like, I mean, it can, your eyes get tired and it just yeah. like wears you out more than like I'm sitting there looking at the notepad. It's just kind of, and you're right. Like I can't, I can't hop on Twitter when I like have a moment where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Whereas when I'm mm-hmm. on like my computer and I'm editing, I can easily be like, well, I don't know what to do here. I, I'm bored or I am distracted and I just hop on over. Right. Uh, I mean, there are definitely, there are definitely programs that can, you can like shut down your internet for like an hour, but I, I've never really want, felt like doing that. I'm like, uh, what if I need to? <laughs> yeah, I do it. I have, uh, yeah, I have the freedom program and I will, you know, punch in 25 minutes or whatever and no internet for that time because I, because I don't have the self-control, you know, I thought I did. I thought I could, I'm like, I'm a grown man. You know, I can't, no, no, (laughs) I have to do that. Or like I said, right on on paper, I just, cause you know, you'd be editing and you're like, Oh, I should look this up. Like, how do I spell this word? Or like, or, you know, like some fact you need to look up. And next thing you're on a Wikipedia page and you're clicking around and you're like, I wonder if, uh, you know, uh, my favorite band has a new album coming out. Next thing you know, whatever, (laughs) right. You're on Twitter. the, The afternoon has gone by and, you haven't gotten anything done. That's me. I mean, that's not you. That's me. <laughs> no, I, I totally, I can definitely get super distracted. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah, but sometimes yeah. I just like have that talk with myself and I'm like, you have to sit here and you have to write this now. And a lot of times I'll take it like scene by scene and I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll, if I go to the coffee shop, I'll be like, okay, I'm staying here until 1230 and I need to get, and I'm getting these scenes edited or like, and I'm going to write these three scenes and I'm not going to leave until I do, but also you're leaving at 1230. So you have to get it done. (laughs) So, (laughs) Oh, okay. So you have a deadline and a task. So you have to do it by now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It it works. It works. I'm a coffee shop writer as well. And I think I like, I like the stimulation and the not being at home. So I, I should try that. I just give myself the deadline. You have to leave by this and you have to have this done before you do it. Treat yeah. it like a good job. Yeah, that's a good idea. Exactly. So you're really big on a uh, community. You're big on the tribe. Um, you, uh, you have this whole, you have, you know, a process, a writing process and you have this editor that you love. Uh, did you, uh, do you have beta readers as well? I did. I did. I had five beta readers and, um, but I didn't do it throughout the process. Like I, I think, I believe Ashley, yeah, she had a few, like for each draft, she kind of would have it. Whereas I, I was so, I'm kind of like very regimented about it. And uh, especially with this, I knew like I had a very clear vision. I mean, I'm sure there will be other books where I'm like, I'm not sure where I'm going. Can someone help me like read this and like see what's happening? <laughs> but like for me, I had a, for this book, I had a very clear vision of what was going to happen when I needed it to happen. So I didn't use beta readers until like the very end until I sent right before I sent it to actually, no, when I, when Tanya had it, I sent it to beta readers at the same time so that I could okay. get her opinion and I could get beta readers opinion. So, um, okay. I sent it to um, about five, five beta readers. How did you, how did you find your beta readers? Um, I found them through Twitter, actually. Well, two of them, one of them was my roommate. So she's, and then one of them was my mom. So I had her, I had them read it. So I had two personal ones and then I had um, Marissa read it of the brazen bibliophile. She read it. And then I had, um, Brett Wilson, uh, the prodigal sister, she read it. And then I had actually another, the other one I had, um, was also a, like a distant kind of friend that read it as well. So all people okay. I knew and like trusted and it, it was really good experience. That's good. Did you give them, um, particular instructions on what type of feedback you wanted or was it just kind of, uh, because the people you're mentioning, a lot of them probably already understand what beta reading is. 
Mm-hmm. But like I your did. mom maybe needed more instruction, for example, or no? Yeah, I did. I needed to give her instruction because she she's a really good like editor and her brain immediately goes to that. So I, w- I had to like tell them like, I don't need you to edit it. I don't need mm-hmm. you. Like right. there are going to be like typos and there's going to be commas all over the place and it's not going to look pretty, but like, I just need you for me. Like I asked them, um, uh, I knew that there's a few ways that you can do it. Like you can ask them, you can ask each one of them something different. Like you can say, Hey, you look at the relationship between these people and you look at the theme and you look at, so you can do it that way or you could do it, um, again, step-by-step step through different drafts and say like, okay, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at this. But for me, I just needed um, an emotional response. That was my really key thing that I wanted to hone in on because I felt it and I could feel like, hey, this is going to bring out like my, because there are a lot of like highs and lows in my book. And there are a lot of like your emotions. There are very precise kind of things that I want you to feel at certain times. So I wanted them to, I kind of asked them, I said, I need you to tell me like in, I mean, the whole book like kind of centers on this couple. And I was like, I need you to tell me like what you think, like, how are are you feeling what they're feeling? Are you, you know, going along with it? And all of them had really great responses. The first night when I sent it, I sent only the first like 120 pages because I needed to just edit that last one. But I was like, I was like, they're not going to get, it was like, it's fine. Like I'm going to send it this (laughs) weekend. And I had, I got an email the next morning. I had sent it late too. I sent it like maybe maybe eight or nine at night. And then next morning I woke up and I'd had an email from one of them and she was like, Oh my gosh, I am so mad at you. I've been up reading literally all night and I have work tomorrow and I can't stop reading and what happens in this book. And I was like, that was when I kind of knew I was like, okay, so I think it's going well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm onto something. Yes. I was like, I think it's going well. And obviously that gave me my answer right there that they were feeling like the emotions. So, um, yeah, they all read it pretty quickly and they're all kind of like we're like really interested so it was absolutely perfect that's great yeah you know i think that's how a lot of people use beta readers is kind of you know the more general stuff like where do you like to me like questions that i want to ask my beta readers are like where do you where do you where are you excited or interested where do you laugh where you know whatever but also like where are you bored and where are you confused yeah that's you know that's what i want to know is like where are you bored where are you confused and i need to fix that stuff Um, Yeah. And that's really important if you're doing something like where there's a lot of world building. Like I know mm -hmm. that that's like people a lot of times are like, okay, here's what, like, I mean, for world, world building, it's so hard because it's in your head and you, you see it so perfectly, but you might not be writing it as perfectly as you're seeing it. So I think for that kind of, for like a fantasy genre or something like that, like that's very important to get that kind of feedback and probably earlier on than I did. Um, to just kind of guide you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was looking at your blog and, and you have these really cool, like five tips to mastering create space and five, uh, like some tips for, uh, finding a cover designer, stuff like that, as well as your, uh, yeah. some of your serialized stuff. I think it's a real, it's a nice mixed bag on your, on your blog. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, going to the create space thing. So you're, um, are you, are you publishing a physical, book as well as the ebook at the same time? I am. I am. And I know there are a lot of strategies. A lot of people will do the ebook and then they'll do like, mm-hmm. they'll offer print later as almost like kind of incentive. And I think that's a really cool idea for me personally. I just, <laughs> I'm a little selfish and I was like, I want a print copy of my book, yeah. <laughs> so, which maybe later on, maybe later on that would be a really cool marketing technique. And, but I also know for me, like I'm having, um, I know like, a lot of my family and like my friends, like I know that they would want like the print copy. Like, so for me, it yeah. made more sense to, to just offer it right off the bat. And I was like, they're going to want to read it that way. And I just think that's a, a good thing for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the print copy like right off the bat. And I just got last Wednesday, I got my first like proof of it and it was just perfect. And I was just right. in love with it. So I'm really glad I made it the good, the right decision to go with print. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, you tell me you're writing a book, they want to see the book. Yes. You know, yeah. Like for me, you tell me you're writing a book, I'm like, cool, can I get an e-copy? Because I don't, I mean, you can see behind me, that's a very small portion of the books that I own. Yeah. And I don't want any more books in my life. <laughs> I love my e-readers, so I don't care, you know, but a lot of people do want that physical copy. Um, 
and mm-hmm. they want to, you know, they want to see that it's available. It's also nice to hold it in your hand. I'm sure. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, 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 and it's good for price anchoring too, right? When people see the the print costs whatever it's going to cost, and then you have the e version that's a little less. So like, oh, I'm getting a deal on the ebook. Yeah, know, exactly, exactly, and that's that's a cool strategy and. uh yeah, I'm kind of in both camps. Like I like to read on my, like I have um, the Kindle app, like on my iPad. So I like to read on there, but I also like love to like, I have this like, um, this like half price like book store that I go and I just like buy all of these like books and they're like, oh, it's like $2 <laughs> when I get a copy. But then I literally don't have any room. I like am the girl that lives in my books. Like I have so many books, but um but yeah, so I like both. So I, I kind of wanted to offer that as well. And hopefully I'm looking, um, I want to do maybe an uh, audio book as well at some point down the line. Cause I know that's a really cool option also. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea. I think that's the, that's the wave of the future in a lot of ways is audio books. Mm-hmm. I think that you, um, you yeah. can really, it's not, you know, you have, you have, your one product that you can make into several products, right? A exactly. ebook, a print book, an audio book, and why not? Mm-hmm. You, you've got it already. So, and there are ways to do that. I'm sure you'll have a blog post, five ways or whatever tips for finding an audio narrator, right? Yes. Yeah, I know exactly. And that's what, like, yeah, finding the perfect audio narrator. And my mom is like, oh, I really want you should read it because, uh, I come from like an acting background. I'm like, dear God, oh, like, I was like, I would love to do it. But at the same time, I do not want to read that whole book out loud. <laughs> no, you don't so, want to do that. Yeah. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I talked to um, Simon Whistler back in episode, I don't know what episode it was, but he said like for most fiction authors, the, the pat advice he gives for reading fiction, your own fiction is just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. says for most people, don't do it. Nonfiction is different, he says. So, and yeah. I'll, I'll take him at his word on that, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's much harder than it. it. It looks hard. I think it's even harder than it looks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To read fiction. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. voices and the, oh yeah. You're better yeah. off just writing another book and having someone yeah, else can read it. Someone else can read it. You have a fine voice. I'm not saying anything about your voice, by the way. I'm just you know, <laughs> <No>. in general. <laughs> work, you know? Gosh. That's yeah. great. Uh Jenny, so thank you so much for coming on to the web podcast. I really enjoyed having you on here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a great time. I really appreciate it. Great. And can you tell people where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at um, www.blotsandplots.com. So I'm there and then I'm on Twitter as well. And um, you can email me at blotsandplots at gmail.com. So any of those places you can find me. Great. And I, I do highly recommend that people check out your blog, uh, Blots and Plots, and follow you on Twitter as well. Uh, you're very active in both. So it's been, yeah. it's great. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wet Podcast Writing, Education, and Technology with me, your host, Eric Marshall. If you listen on iTunes or Stitcher, I would appreciate a review. Just take a few minutes, if you don't mind, and leave a review at either one of those places. And if you're feeling even more generous, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash emarsh and become a patron of the show. Thanks a lot for listening. I'll see you next week.